Welcome, and thank you for listening today. This Caregiver Life podcast focuses on caregivers from all walks of life. Throughout the episode, we will hear from caregivers on the front line, those who do the day-to-day, sometimes hour-to-hour caregiving. We will also hear from care recipients, professionals in the field of caregiving, and other various topics of interest to those living this caregiver life. Hi, Jen. Hi, Mayor. How are you? Ooh, I'm ready for a break. Like what kind of break? Well, I just need a vacay. I, uh, I've, I've had quite the summer. And for our listeners who um, haven't heard from us from, for about a month or so, hey, we're glad to be back. <laughs> I know. Welcome back. <laughs> but I didn't really take vacation. Um, I moved during COVID and did a bunch of house renovations and all the things that we do when we move. And so I'm, I came back from vacation needing vacation. Have you ever felt like that? Yeah. And then it's exhausting. Well, listen, anytime you buy a new house, especially in a pandemic, not that I have experience with buying a house in a pandemic, but I have had experience buying houses. It is a lot of work. There's a lot of challenges that you must've faced along the way. There were, and I had some caregiving challenges too. Uh, I mean, medical conditions don't really care if you have a painter scheduled that day or if you had um, couldn't find your silverware. <laughs> and, and so I did have some caregiving responsibilities I had to juggle um, while we were moving and getting settled. And that's always a challenge too. You wanted to clone yourself, right? I needed to clone myself. And I also... One, I have a lot of respect for for folks that move really frequently. I started thinking about the process that our military members go through. You know, often they move every two years, sometimes more frequently. They call it PCSing. I think it means permanent change of station or something. And it it's a marriage killer. It's a family breaker. It's it's so so difficult. And then I start thinking, okay, I. I don't have to get up and leave for a deployment while my family unpacks. I, you know, there's so many hardships that come along with that for our military members. So I was trying to give myself some perspective, trying to show myself some grace. That's good. Cause that was, and we leave off with that on our last podcast was we talked about giving ourselves some grace. Have so, you been giving yourself some grace during our vacation our sabbatical? Yeah, time away, time away. Well, you know, I'm, I've never been um, big on respite care. I have our time away when we go to DC since I've been an Elizabeth Dahl Foundation fellow. And I, I guess that's my, what I would call my respite because it's, it, for me, it's fun. You know, I see, I see you, I see my other friends, people who walk the walk that we walk, which is, which is always not only reassuring, but comfortable because they get everything like, oh, I can't have lunch with you right now because I have an emergency phone call I have to make. I have to make three appointments. And so I'll see you later. And everything, everybody's good with that, you know, when they walk your walk. So I love that time in DC. I guess, I guess that I would call that my respite or my retreat. You know, people go on these caregiver retreats and 
I never have because they're so prescribed and I like to have a different kind of fun than most people do. That's fun for me to go to Capitol Hill. So that's cool. I have to say also, it's really difficult. I've heard a lot of caregivers say, I would love to go to Washington DC and advocate like you and Mayor do. Or I, can, I can't even imagine getting a day away to go to my state house, let alone be out of town for days at a time. And the truth is, it's really hard. And you have to rely on respite care to fill the gap. And that's the struggle, right? Is finding someone to, to provide that care so you can take your respite, whether it's advocating, whether it's vacation, whatever your respite is. And so I think that's the struggle for most of most caregivers is, is that respite piece. I, I have to tell you, Mayor, before we go any further. So the, when I first became a caregiver, I did not understand the word respite. I didn't know what it meant. It sounded like some medical term. I was certain I didn't qualify for it. And um, it took me a long, long time. And the basic definition is that it's a short break from the thing that you do unceasing, you know? So it's not really just for caregivers. It's really, it's really for, you know, anybody who spends a lot of time doing something like for many caregivers it's something difficult or unpleasant that's the that's the actual definition it's a short break from doing something difficult or unpleasant and I, caregiving for me isn't always difficult or unpleasant yeah i mean it's really never unpleasant for me either yeah yeah maybe i don't like that word but it difficult is another thing it can be difficult i think well i think when if we if we want to say everything is so great, I love being a caregiver. I wouldn't trade this for all the world mm -hmm. on us because I would trade it. <laughs> it's it the would, best job I hope no one ever has. Yeah, exactly. I know you say that. That's probably what we should call this episode. It's um, it is a challenging. It's challenging because you're always responsible for another person. You never. You never grow up, if you're a parent, you never grow up from being away from being a parent in a sense, you know? You see your kids off, they become independent, they're living their own lives, and you should be able to live your own life. That's, that's the model in my head, right? Because I know a lot of people my, my age and older who are retired with spouses who are healthy, and they go and do things, or they want to do things with me, they call me and they want to go for a walk, and I say, okay, I could do that, but but I might not be able to do that too. So we'll just have to wait and see. That's hard to be friends with with us when that's the response, you know, unless you understand that life, this life, this caregiver life, right? Caregivers often really need that friend who understands the cancellation. I mean, I was a serial canceler for years. And, um, and, I, and it, people stopped inviting me to things. Even the caregiver coordinated our VA stopped inviting me to caregiver support groups. And then I, I questioned her about it and she said, well, you never come. It's like, I know, I just need to know that it's there. And like, maybe someday I'll be able to say yes. And well, you don't I get think invited. that's it. Like my part, like the little Cinco de Mayo little party that my neighbors had in the street and they didn't invite us and they are, were supposedly friends. Like, okay, it's true. I probably wouldn't have gone, but but I still would like the, I'm still a human being and I still would like the invitation. I would like to, yeah. be able to say no because no doesn't, you know, it's not going to work for me. 
but I, you know, whatever, I still want the invitation. Like, well, maybe I would have made something and brought it there and that would have made me feel good. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. I said, there are little pockets of respite opportunities, you know, to go to a potluck in, on the neighborhood block or to go to a one hour caregiver support meeting at your hospital. Like that can be respite too, because it is a short break. It doesn't have to be going out of town, but we need to have some kind of break. Um, if you don't, you can end up in the same situation that I was back in 2013, where you are really miserable. You have, may have depression. You might have anxiety. You reach that caregiver burnout point. And if you don't take a break and if you don't get some help, you can find yourself having thoughts of suicide and not know where to turn. Yeah, that's a really dire situation to get into. Um, and I would say, you know, t for people who are listening and thinking, well, that all sounds good, but how do I get respite? Not even a retreat, because a retreat is longer than respite. Respite can be just, like you said, it can just be a short break in your daily activity. Um, I would say there's work up front that you have to do before you can take respite. Um, if you've been a parent who have children or if you've been a teacher, oh God, being a teacher, that's such a great example. You know, take a day off when you're a teacher. It's so hard. You have to create sub plans that matter. You have to find a sub usually, put in a system for a sub. You try to get somebody you like and you trust. If you have teaching of different subjects you have to do lesson plans for each of those subject matters it's so much it's like exhausting by the time you're done you're like why did i even want to take a day off it's not even worth it then you come back and there's a disaster because nobody did their work and somebody said f you to the sub and they had to go to in school suspension and you have parents to call you wonder why you did it so it has to really matter i think if you're going to set up your whatever respite matters for you I think it's worth the work up front and maybe even on the, the, when you get home, if you can make it work. But I don't think respite has to be outside the house either. I've created respite opportunities for myself in the house. I think when you're talking about a substitute teacher, some forms of respite are in your house, right? You don't need anybody come necessarily or maybe you do have somebody come for two or four hours but you're still there um, but when you need a substitute caregiver it is a lot of work and I think that's the thing I want our listeners to know the most um, my experiences are probably not unique but you ha I have to use an agency the respite care is paid for by um, the VA and so uh, sometimes that's paid, paid for by Medicaid, sometimes by, it's paid for by a local grant or another organization like Wonder Warrior Project or AARP, but you have to work with the agency to have an intake meeting in your home where they get to know you and they write all the orders and then, then they have to schedule somebody, right? Then that person comes and you have to train them on what they're supposed to do and introduce them to your care recipient. And, and then maybe that person doesn't ever come again and you have to do it all over again with another employee. And so it's, it's a lot of work. It's like being a manager, I think of, of um, maybe like a McDonald's or somewhere where you've got a lot of turnover and you have people who've never done this before. And 
it's easier, I think, sometimes to just take two hours to yourself to do what you do, which is what, what do you do for yourself, Mir? So like my respite, it's changed over the years, of course. You know, I've been a caregiver for so many years. It, it um, you know, it bounces off of what's going on and, and where we are with the disease and where we are in our life with the kids and our family and stuff. So for many years, my respite was to get up early, like five, and have coffee by myself. Mm. I would light a candle. I was inside. This time of year, I'll sit outside and have coffee. Um, and so I like that. I went, and then I went to school for years, and that was respite. Now I'm a dropout with any, any training that I do. I'm like totally at two graduate degrees, and I guess I'm done. I don't know. I've tried many many different things that sound good and, you know, to be a yoga trainer, you know, we talked about that before on this podcast, mindfulness training, and I had to drop out of that. My life doesn't fit with all that. If anything is too demanding for me, I've learned to give myself not a tiny bit of grace, but a whole bunch of grace and just say, okay, it's not working. It's okay. And, and it's okay that it's not working because the stress of living, of trying to make it work is not worth it to me. So, um, I've, you know, I've tried different things, but right now exercise is huge for me for a respite. I'm very protective of that time. It makes me feel good. It's helping me achieve weight loss goals and, and fitness goals. And I just don't want to lose weight. I want to be healthy. So right now that's probably where I get most of my respite. I, I gave myself a retreat in July, basically, <laughs> when uh, my daughter Kate came to visit. We bought uh, paddle boards and a kayak, a, a, a two-person kayak, which we've done before, but we really made a concerted effort for this. And it was a lot of work. I mean, I won't lie. It's a lot, it was a lot of work to get out on the water, but I still, well, I took some videos while I was out there and some photos. So even now I miss it, but I still have the memory when we went our separate ways where I would go out, we go on this area called the basin and pelicans dropping right next to me or a sh little shrimp jumping up on my paddle board, you know, paddling really hard into the wind. So the wind, I laid down on the board on my back and let the wind just carry me right back into the shore. You know, those will carry me, but it was a lot of work. You know, it was a lot of work to get out there, a lot of work to get back. And for me, it was worth it. So that's what I would offer to other caregivers. For that time that you can get away, choose something that makes all the work worth it. And it will carry, it carries me through. Can I say it would carry everybody through? I don't know, we're all so different, but it will carry me through for a long time, the memory of being able to do that. And I really, you know, our time off from podcasting and other things, it was good to just not feel like I had a lot of responsibility. But I've, I felt like that was more like a retreat than, than respite because I, I drew a hard line on that for the whole month of July. You sure did. And I tried to leave you alone. I didn't want to bother you or interrupt your day. And, um, and I was moving. So at any given time, I had caulk or paint on my hands anyway. So I couldn't, couldn't text or call. But I, I have been really envious of your time to do that but I also know that it's purposeful on because you have your your care recipient is has a terminal is terminal and you're not going to get that time likely in the future 
um, in the near future. So you took it when you saw it. And I think that's so courageous. You know, a lot of our, um, a lot of times you'll listen to motivational speakers or you'll read something that's supposed to be inspirational online and it'll say, you know, take the path less traveled or, you know, climb that mountain so you can see success. But the truth is, and I tell my care, my brother this, I tell my kid this all the time, man, take the path of least resistance sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, give yourself a little break. Everything doesn't have to be about overachieving. Everything doesn't have to be perfect. And stuff will wait. This podcast waited. And I have to say, it, it really didn't do bad by itself. Now we're up to over 2,600 listeners. Thank you to all of our listeners. You're the 2,600 coolest people on the planet, in my opinion. I know. We appreciate you. I've heard some really, done some really beautiful feedback on our podcast that people enjoy these podcasts where we're, we're chatting with each other and sharing the bits and pieces of our life that they wouldn't otherwise hear about. You know, and I think I would have loved hearing a podcast like this when I felt so alone as a caregiver, you know, to know that it would be okay. You know, that it's hard. You can say it's hard. Yeah. And I think for me to be able to hear somebody say they were depressed, they had anxiety, they, they thought, I don't know how I can do this one more day, one more month, 10 more years would have really helped me, would have given me some hope. And actually what did help me, what did give me hope was connecting with other caregivers who said, yeah, there've been times I've felt that way, or I haven't felt that way, but I understand how you could and let's get you some help. And I think that's what we're here for is sharing stories, ours, other caregivers, um, so that you can feel connected. You know, you may never meet Mary and I in person. You may never go to yoga with Mary. You might never walk dogs with me. But I hope that all of our listeners who are caregivers feel that we understand them and that we're sharing this caregiver life together. We are. And we want to hear more stories from our from caregivers who are listening in however you want to share the story with us. And you're not just sharing it with us. You're sharing it with other caregivers. And by sharing our stories, we help to make our world a little less stressful, a little less lonesome. We learn from each other. We, you know, I love the word grace that came up in one of our podcasts to, to know that we could give ourselves some grace and some time. We learn from each other, you and I. Our humor is really off color for even for this podcast. We had another one called Sarcasm Sisters where we could we could let that humor rip a little bit, but um, you know, it's it's however you get through it in the most healthy way possible. Like you can't fix it. You can't fix why I'm a caregiver. And when I'm not a caregiver, the alternative is not attractive at all. That means that I'm now a widow because I'm not a caregiver. So I, I think hearing people say that we can't fix you, but we do see you. Yeah. And there's a, you know, they say misery loves company. I don't, I'm not a miserable caregiver. I don't think caregiving has to be miserable. There are times when you can feel miserable, but I think uh, that saying, it kind of holds true with caregivers. You know, when you're feeling down, you want to be with other people. When you're feeling up, you want to be with other people. And um, that's what caregiving is all about. It's a roller coaster of emotions, of feelings. 
you're in the moment, you're thinking about the future, you're, you're remembering something that happened in the past and you're trying to focus on the now. That's what caregiving is really all about. And I ain't trying to put together the other parts of who you are, right? That's, I often say that, especially to our younger caregivers, is that I, um, yes, I'm a caregiver, but it's not the only thing that I am. I am many other things. It's a, it is a part of my life. Sometimes it's a big part of my life and sometimes it takes a back seat, right? So, you know, being able to listen to other people's stories can help you put that in perspective for yourself a little bit so that maybe, maybe some days it feels like it's so big, but it doesn't have to when you know that other people are, are doing the same thing you are. Now, Mayor, if somebody wanted to send us a story, but they, they don't like the way their voice sounds, they feel nervous, how could, how could they share their story with this podcast? Oh, gosh, great question. I, I think the best way to do that is to send us an email at thiscaregiverlife at gmail.com and give us the, the details or a little blurb, a little oversight of what you do. And if we feel like we don't have enough information, we'll email you back and we can do the recording for you. We'd be happy to do the recording. If you wanna do the recording, how can they do that, Jen? Oh my gosh, so listen, if you have a smartphone like I do, you can actually go into your notes section of your smartphone. A lot of people don't know this. And you can record yourself. You can make a recording of yourself telling a story. And then you could email us that file. Just click on it and then email. Um, or you can um, send us a message on our Facebook account, which is at This Caregiver Life on Facebook. And actually, Facebook allows you to send audio messages. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Can we, can we uh, rip it from there and use it, do you think? Yeah. I think so. Well, we should practice it. We'll give it a try. We will. But um, another thing that you um, might want to do also is is you might want to take some time and if you if you choose to do talk to text to write out your story, you can. But just the actual physical process of sitting down and writing out your story it doesn't have to be your life story. You could tell us a story about something that happened at breakfast. Mm -hmm. as a caregiver but just sitting down and writing it out is so therapeutic whether you're into journaling you've never thought about it you think it's kind of silly just try writing out one story and you'll be amazed at how much it helps you just to put pen to paper and if you're struggling with that as an idea that that it would help you personally think about how it could help somebody else share your story that can help somebody else because the thing that you did was kind of crazy, but maybe it was a lot of fun and, you know, maybe other caregivers need to hear that story. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. If it's funny stories, sad stories, um, information, all of it, all of it works because all of those things help us lead an easier caregiver life. So you can send it to us at this caregiver life at gmail.com. You could, you could message us, at this caregiver life on facebook page we have a mm -hmm. twitter account which is um this caregiver at this caregiver right mm -hmm. that's it just no no life we're keeping it short and sweet over there <laughs> just that that's twitter and uh instagram as well and you can send us photos if you want to give us permission to share the photos on this caregiver life instagram so you could also email us that and then we'll put it on instagram or you could just follow us at this caregiver life on Instagram. We would love yeah. it. 
send us your pick um, with your permission to use it. If, tell us about you, tell us about your care recipient. Um, we just absolutely love to share that. And I, we're so grateful to all of our listeners. Who, we've gotten a number of reviews, but if you happen to be someone who really wants to help your favorite podcasters, Mary and Jen, then could you please leave us a review, a five-star review? Oh man, that would just make our day. It yeah. would totally make our day. And if you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button. That way our new episodes pop right up into your feed. Yep. That'd be cool. Well, we, we love all our listeners. I love you, Jen. I love that you're in your new home and um, you're getting settled in and I'm, and I'm brushing the cobwebs off and starting to work again. <laughs> well, you know, I love you too, Maren. Thanks for offering me grace while we were both on our sabbatical and being such a good um, caregiver friend because there's friends, you have friends, then you know caregivers and then you have caregiver friends and they really care for you just as much as um, as you are a friend really and that means the world to me so I'm so grateful to be back I'm excited to maybe uh, maybe I'm a little rusty but I'm excited to get back into it and I'm looking forward to sharing some stories me too till the next time Jen till next time Mayor. <laughs>